0: What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher every single morning, 9.45 a.m. It's live on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. You can also find it on iHeart. Today on the show, you guys are aware that we do a little tiny show around here, aren't you? Trick or treat, smell my street? What? Also, (laughs) I'm realizing that sometimes, maybe, every once in a while, these teases should probably be written out a little better. Also, uh, haven't these people ever heard of Disneyland? But first, let's do some live dates, huh? Got a couple of dates coming up, like Thursday night. October 27th, I'm going to be at House of Comedy, Mall of America. We're coming back. Back by popular demand. Not the case. They just needed somebody to fill in because David Keckner from The Office actually canceled. And his opener, Rob Mayer, is going to be there. And they're like, hey, since we already got you on the books... He you just want to come back on thursday too and i was like yeah i can uh, i can easily do that i'm also going to be doing uh volsteads in uptown minneapolis on wednesday november 2nd i don't know anything about this show all i know is is that my good friend mj marsh who is quite probably of all the improvisers i've seen in the twin cities area he's got to be top three i mean he is there was a kid named andy shit benenfield who moved out to Los Angeles and I think actually ended up having somewhat of a decent career. He's the best. There's another woman I've seen, and I can't remember her name, but then MJ is right there, man. I mean, easily top three, man. Like, these guys just got their shit together. People don't realize how tough of a skill improv really is. And I've been trying forever to get my daughter to to take a class, And not because I think she's going to be a world-class improviser. I just think it's good for everybody to do it, to try it. It helps you in social situations. It helps you think on your feet. It helps you, you know, just to be able to train your brain to remain calm when you're under pressure. That is probably the biggest takeaway from improv. Outside of being funny, outside of all that stuff trying to be able to tell yourself slow down a minute it's going to be okay take an extra three seconds just take a beat think of the next words that are going to come out of your mouth see the words have them travel to your mouth and then speak them sometimes people their mouths move way faster than their brains can keep up I go through that all, Christ, so many times. What's up, Lynn? Hi, Chris. What's up, Mira? Hi, Scooter. What's up, Sarah? Good to see you. Hi, Sally. D. What's up, BJ? Kimberly? Nice to see everybody. Yeah, so last night I had made a a comment. What's up, Sienna? How are you? Nice to see you. Sienna Violet, very funny comedian. She's on the road with Tommy Ryman all the time. So, yeah, make sure you guys check her out. She's great. Um, like I said, Thursday I'll be back at House of Comedy. So if you guys want uh, want to get some tickets, go to rudypovich.com. I'll have it updated. Was supposed to go do a film last night. They are filming a rom-com, I guess, uh, over on the west side of town. Was supposed to go do the film last night. I got there. I said, I can do it on one condition. It's Marisa Coughlin from Super Troopers. She has been on this podcast before. She's a good friend of mine. She's got a new movie. She's the lead. She's got this new romantic comedy coming out. It's got Eliza Koo in it. I don't know if you guys know Eliza Koo. Eliza was on Scrubs, the like second incarnation of Scrubs. And then she was also in what I think is Hulu's best show to date, Future Man. Hands down, Future Man was one of the best shows that nobody has ever seen. I'm telling you, check out Future Man. It is lights out one of the best but she is in this film as well. I said, all I need is a good internet connection. That's it. Because while we're in between takes, I got some deadlines that need to be done by 10. Every night I do the Adam Carolla show. I get that on their YouTube. I got a couple of clients that were kind of on my ass about their podcast that need to get up. I'm like, I can do it and I don't need to get paid. I don't give a shit about the money. Keep your money. I'd much rather have the experience and the networking because that's the type of shit that's going to pay off dividends down the road. I can't tell you how many people I've had this conversation with where I just go, hey, could you stop worrying about the $50 you're going to get paid for a stand-up gig and worry more about the stage time that you're getting? Most of what I do in this business is absolutely free. I can't tell you how many times I've done a graphic. If you go down to Lansing Corners, Austin, Minnesota, those guys who put that show on down there at Austin Corners, I've done that show twice now. First time I was a feature, second time I headlined it. They're, it's amazing. Both of Every time those guys do a show, they're great. But the one part that they lack in is graphic design. So those guys hit me up and they go, hey man, would you mind making us a poster for the next show? And I go, absolutely. And then I make it and I send it off and they always come back with a hey, dude, how much do we owe you? And I go, I don't want any of your money. I don't need your money. I want you to have a good show. I want all of your graphics to look amazing because rising tides will raise all ships. That is the one thing that I noticed with, like, all the Austin comics that I hang out with that I know. I see what that that entire scene is doing, and everybody down there just has their shit together. And I'm like, it's going to make everybody here our show's that much bigger. People are gonna want to come out and watch it if we all look like we have our shit together. So I don't care about the money. You keep your fifty bucks. I don't need it. I'm I'm a smart man with money. I've done well. What I need is for all of us to look very professional. That's what I need. So <laughs> I don't care. I'd rather do the shit for free and have and not be on a show and watch that show do incredibly well. Than me hoard all of that experience to myself. That's it's bullshit. I hate that. Hi Kimberly, morning. What's up, Hoove? How are you, buddy? Um, the first season of Future Man was so good, one of the best. In fact, I was just telling a friend of mine last night when we got on set. I'm like, "Have you guys seen Future Man?" And they were like, "No, I haven't. What is it?" I'm like, "I don't." I was almost jealous that they get to watch Future Man for the first time. Because I remember what that fr- that second season kind of got a little off into the weeds, like it really got weird. Like four episodes in, I was like, I don't think they know where this is supposed to go. And luckily, by the end, they wrap all that shit up. But towards the middle of it, I was like, this is getting kind of weird. But that first season is amazing, man, amazing. What's that kid's name? Uh, Peta, Peta. Probably don't want to walk around with the name Peta. But that kid from The Hunger Games, I forget his name, Josh something or another, he was in that remake of Red Dawn that totally sucked balls. Sarah couldn't get into season two. No, no, no. Yeah, the, the first, first season is outstanding. The second season is trash. It gets about four episodes in and you go, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch the rest of this. Which is sad that there's a, but that's the one thing about it. It's two seasons. It ends on the second season, fully ends. Unlike The Office, who I've had many a gripes about, the second Michael Scott got on that goddamn airplane, they should have fucking ended The Office. Instead, they beat that horse for another three seasons, and it ruined the legacy. Somebody brought this up the other day. I can't remember who said it, but they go, do you want to know why The Hangover is not everybody's favorite movie of all time? Because of Hangover 2 and Hangover 3. If they would have just made one Hangover, we would all be calling it the greatest comedy of all time. But instead, they had to get a cash grab and make number two and number three, Anchorman 2. Here's how bad Anchorman 2 is. When I bring up Anchorman 2, people go, I didn't know there was an Anchorman 2. Good. Don't watch it. That was another one. I got seven minutes in and went, this is garbage. This is so garbage. I took a lot of shit for talking about Beetlejuice yesterday in a way that some people were not happy with. (laughs) I got called out man I got brought to task On the goddamn Beetlejuice It's still a good movie I said it's a good movie It's got amazing parts to it That part where Beetlejuice goes to the whorehouse Hilarious When they meet the receptionist For the first time And she's like Explaining what's up With the handbook And how you get a meet Like that's Brilliant filmmaking but the sum of its parts, I was, I was like, man, I, I get why at that age I loved it. It's super stylistic. It's Tim Burton. You know, the music is great. The flow is awesome. When they do the, the scene around the dinner table with the lobster, you know, the the the, the crab legs or whatever the fuck it is, when that comes up and it grabs their face and then I mean, it's amazing. It's all great. But then I started watching it more and I'm like, this. Is not making sense. Some of this stuff does not compute. And, in fact, I actually, yesterday, I, my friend uh, Adrian had called me yesterday. And he calls me up. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm taking a deep dive on Beetlejuice to see if there's any other plot holes that I am unaware of. Okay, let's see. Olina, the realtor is Barbara's cousin. I looked it up, and they said nothing about the fact that they were cousins. Also, this bitch just gets two 230- hundred. Thirty thousand dollars. She does nothing. She, she, I, I, I decorated the inside. If he needs a little bit of help with that, you have him call me. That's all she did. Decorated the inside. It's tacky. So she gets two hundred thirty thousand dollars. They never bring it up one time. These people die now. All of a sudden, also, if it's such a hot house, why didn't this gal hang on to it? I don't know. I know people are going to fight me on this. I I still said it's a good movie. I just didn't realize that there were as many plot holes and weird things that happened in that movie as I thought there were. There's some great moments. The other thing that I thought was weird was Lydia lets Beetlejuice out of the... They never bring up the fact, hey, you say his name three times, he comes out. All you got to do is say his name three more times and he goes back in? That was it? Well, just rattle it off. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. There you go. Now you're done. See, that's the end of the movie. But instead, they do this weird thing where Gina Davis is in a wedding dress floating above the dinner table. And she comes walking out and goes, Beetlejuice. And then he takes the the zipper and he throws it, you know, he, he throws it onto her mouth. And then she unzips it and goes, Beetlejuice. Now we're at number two. Then he takes like a quote unquote fastball and throws it at her face. And it gets the metal clamp with the bolts, the lag bolts that go into her face. Now she can't get off. She can't get the third one out. But then she pops it off. And as she's about to get to the third Beetlejuice, he takes her and then puts her in the sand dune with the worms. Why didn't you do that shit in the first place? Why did we have to go through the zipper and the weird thing over the mouth? Just send her the fucking weird sand trap thing. Olena, I googled her character's name. See, I looked it up. I couldn't find it. But that wasn't. But that's not her same last name. The realtor, they don't have the same last name because it was the 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 Dietzes were the ones that moved in, right? Ah, oh, shit. Now I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch this stupid fucking movie just to make sure I got. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's showing at Imagine Theaters now. Great. Listen, I'm telling you, it's a good movie. I loved it when I was a kid. I showed it to my daughter. I mean, kids nowadays probably won't get it. I mean, my daughter watched half of it and was like, hey, 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 moving on. What the fuck is this? Weird sort of green screened worms, claymation, something or another. Ugh, it's not my thing, old man. Like, let's just fucking move on. It's weird. Uh, I did happen to come across this, that according to New is the best place for Halloween this year is going to be New York City, followed by San Francisco and Miami. They used a bunch of metrics like costumes per capita, average price of Halloween candy, Halloween party tickets, uh, share of potential trick-or-treat stops. As I watched this all unfold in front of my eyes yesterday and I was reading about the, the top 25 places, it whisked me away to another time earlier in my life when I would uh, go down to Madison, Wisconsin for Halloween. If you guys have never been to Madison, Wisconsin for Halloween, that hands down is the best place to go. Easily the best place to go. Uh, State Street, downtown uh, downtown Madison is an absolute gong show. And when they start naming, I I was realizing, oh, they're probably talking about like for little kids. Halloween is not supposed to be for the adults. Which, they should just start moving that shit to the last Saturday of October. And I hate that everyone goes, oh, so why? So the parents can drink? We shouldn't move a holiday just so parents can drink. Fuck you! We're the ones who pay for everything. Halloween just doesn't appear. It's from parents slugging their kids down to Spirit Halloween or Halloween Express or Express Spirit or Spirit Express into Target and buying $30 worth of fun size shit and then hanging the decoration. We pay for all that shit. We should be able to dictate when Halloween is. Who cares that it's October 31st? It's a, okay, so it's a swing of a couple days. You trick-or-treat on the Saturday beforehand. That would make sense. Everybody can wake up and enjoy their, their Sunday. But no, instead, it's got to be whatever that day is. Knock it off with that purest bullshit. People could go out. I mean, they college kids do it now. The Saturday before, that's when everybody dresses up. But they gave the list. Number one, New York. Number two, San Francisco. Number three, Miami. And then it's blah, blah, blah. Los Angeles. Boston, keep going down the list, Tampa, Florida, Portland, Oregon, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, still above Madison? Doubt it. Doubt it. There's no way. Finally, Minneapolis, Minnesota, number 31. 30 other places in the United States. Look at some of the shit places that are, quote-unquote, better than Minneapolis. Reno, Nevada. Gilbert, Arizona? gilbert arizona i've never met a gil that has ever been filled with halloween spirit don't bullshit me gilbert arizona unless it's like a jerome arizona where it's like that's their thing is to be creepy because that could be then i'd be down uh what is this hialeah florida never even heard of you you don't get top not your top what top 15 get out of there Santa Ana, California. Okay, I get that for sure. Why not? California would be a fun place to trick or treat. It's in the 70s. You can wear a costume that you don't need to, like, try to put a snowmobile suit on underneath. Uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, number 41. Doubt it. Riverside, California is above. Newark, New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey is 365 days a Halloween movie. Madison, Wisconsin, number 33. Bullshit. I don't buy it higher than that. It's got to be higher than that. The reason why I think I love Madison, Wisconsin for Halloween so much is years back, uh, my guy Hoovy, who was actually on the live feed of Instagram right now, him and I went as Green Giant and Little Sprout. You can imagine which one of us was Little Sprout. But the reason why I bring it up is uh, he... Was Green Giant, obviously. Hoovy's like 6'3. I, being Little Sprout, him and I sat around and we got some felt, like green felt from a Michaels. And then we hand cut little tiny green leaves and stapled them onto shirts and made this kick ass tandem Green Giant Little Sprout. And we went downtown Lacrosse, Wisconsin that night. We won about nine quarter Bear parties. I mean, we destroyed everybody when it came to 6-5. Is that how tall you are, Hoovy? 6-5? I think I said six six one one time and you got angry about it. That I kind of over-exaggerated how tall you were. So I went 6-3. All right, 6-5. So we won a bunch of quarter-barrel parties. <laughs> we mopped the fucking floor with everybody when it came to Halloween costumes that night. But then the next night, he says to me, Hey, man, I want to go down to Madison... I got a friend of mine who's coming with, do you mind if he borrows your Little Sprout outfit? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I meet this guy named Justin, who years later would become my future brother-in-law. And Justin and Hoovy take Green Giant Little Sprout and all their antics down to State Street in Madison. So they go to a bar, and while they're sitting in a bar, Hoovy goes to the bathroom, and Justin's sitting up by the bar, and he starts talking to these gals, and... Hoovy comes walking up, starts shooting the shit with him. And this guy out of nowhere comes up and he just starts spouting off at the mouth. Just some random dude. And he's like, hey, ladies, don't fuck Green Giant. Green Giant was in the bathroom just a moment ago. And he took a shit. And Hoovy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And the guy goes, yeah, man. You took a shit in the bathroom and they were out of toilet paper. So you took one of your felt leaves and you wiped your ass <laughs> And then you didn't flush the toilet <gasps> And he says in front of these girls <laughs> And And then Hoovy beat the shit out of him <laughs> That is the funniest fucking story I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Every year around this time, that story gets brought up and I laugh just as hard every single time. Because all I do is think about the looks on those girls' faces when that guy said Green Giant... Ripped off one of his felt leaves and wiped his ass. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you kids. Every year, you need to go as a costume that at any point could be used as butt wipe. Mummies come to mind. <laughs> You could get yourself one of them fairy wings that have the little pieces of, like, tissue that hang off the side. Just pop that thing off just like a goddamn paper towel holder. Oh, my God. I think about that story, like, once a year, man. And every time, it fucking kills me, dude. It kills me. (laughs) (laughs) Hoovy took more than one leave. I had a bald spot on my costume. God, ah, uh, the best part is like there's so many people that can corroborate that story that it just it literally. <laughs> it <legit> <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> oh my God! How we haven't turned this into like a short film or something? I don't know, but holy shit, that is the fucking funniest thing, man. God, I. Th- <laughs> Oh, when those guys told me the story when they got back from Madison, man, I was goddamn dying. Ah, oh, all right. Ah, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we got that. I'm glad that I not only did I tell that story, but the guy that it happened to is actually on the live feed right now to 100% back up the words that came out of my mouth. Because I think there was a time I told that story to someone and they went, that's impossible. And I was like, I'm telling you guys right now, the fucking company I kept and still continue to keep as life goes on is a... A lot of roughnecks. (laughs) Hoovy, I did flush the toilet, too. All the leaves just didn't go down. (laughs) Oh, my God. Fucking funny, dude. Funny. All right. Ah, okay. I got to wipe the tears off my fucking face here. Jesus Christ. Uh, So we've been uh, cranking out some uh, podcast episodes. Myself and Elise Cole, very funny comedian, just got done shooting her special at Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis. Uh, That's going to be coming up here in the next couple of weeks. We don't have a name for this thing yet. We've been cranking them out, though. And we we got another episode we're going to be recording today. And we'll keep you guys in the loop as to when that's going to be coming out. But one thing I'm going to bring up with her on that show is a story that I happen to come across, where uh, an eight-year-old and his dad have started their day-long adventure to climb El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. This would make this kid Sam Baker the youngest to ever reach the top of El Capitan. Um, have these parents never heard of goddamn Disneyland? What are you? You're sending your kid up the side of a goddamn mountain? For what? To say that he did it? Like, I think sometimes parents really start putting their kids into these situations just so that they can seem like the cool parents. You think that kid at at his age, eight years old, gave a shit about rock climbing? You think he wants to sleep in a fucking cot off the side of a basically a sheer wall that goes 3,000 feet up? Probably not. But here we are. I don't know. I see that stuff, and it fucking drives me insane, man, because every time that these kids fucking, you know, this that kid's got a Stone Temple Pilots shirt on. You think that kid ever listened to Stone Temple Pilots in his life? No, he didn't give a shit about them. But Dad has to prove how great of a fucking album collection he has, so he has to wear that shirt. That's the type of stuff. I, I hear these things, and it drives me insane. That's why... I was having a conversation, episode one of this podcast, Elise and I were talking about putting your kids in all of these different uh, you know, activities. It's like, well, first off, we got to bring them to gymnastics, but they have to leave gymnastics a half hour early so that they can get 15 minutes late to soccer practice. And then they have to leave soccer practice 15 minutes early so that they can be on time to piano practice. It's like, just let your kid be shitty at one thing. Why are you making them be shitty at three things? If you have more than one priority, you have zero priorities. So let's fucking focus here on one thing that they can be shitty at. They're never going to go on to become superstars. They're never going to go on to become collegiate, you know, athletes. None of that shit. Most of these kids bow out at a certain age. They just don't want to do it anymore. They get tired of it. Don't force your fucking kids to do it. And now you're putting your kid in a crazy fucking situation where you're bringing him 3,000 feet up a wall Jesus, man. I see that shit and go, it's less about that kid and more about the parents wanting to be like, no, man, that's what my kid does. Yeah. My kid swims with sharks. What the fuck is the matter with you? Let that kid go play with Tinker Toys. God's sakes. Uh, what's up, Shelly? Nice to see you. Anyways, uh, so we're going to bring this stuff up with uh, Elise Cole. You guys should check out Elise. She's got, um, she's got a weekly show here in Minneapolis at Can Can Wonderland that is just dynamite. Great room, killer crowds, a lot of fun. Love her. So uh, we'll give you guys more information about that. Like I said, Thursday night, October 27th, I'm at House of Comedy coming up this Thursday. Mall of America show is at 730. December 3rd, Vulcan Gas Company, Austin, Texas with John Kite. I got a bunch of dates coming up in November. I'm not sure exactly where they're at, and I feel like there's going to be a few on the road and a couple of, Jesus, man. There's a couple of gigs in there where I'm like, this is, it's all grind. That's what this is. You are doing this gig to pay your dues, <laughs> and then december 10th uh minneapolis northeast the dirty show club underground that's going to be the show to hit up for sure all right you guys have a great day uh, thank you so much always appreciate it find this podcast on apple podcast spotify and stitcher and every single morning 9 45 a.m it goes live on facebook youtube and instagram thank you very much always appreciate it when we take a long walk to cleveland <laughs>